This episode of Real Talk contains a discussion on the subjects of sexual harassment and sexual assault. It is intended for mature audiences. This is a bigger problem than just a few anecdotal things. If we go back and look at the people who shaped our culture as thinkers, both Plato and Aristotle believed that the ideal human is male and that women are fallen or deformed males. So we've actually inherited this view that the default human is male. When men do things, a human explanation is given, but when women do things, a female explanation is given. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to episode seven of Real Talk with Anson and Kara and Isaac. We are so happy to be back. Finally, we took a couple of weeks off. Our sister station, KLRC, had the uh, fall fundraiser. Kind of takes over our lives. It does. For a couple of weeks. We turn into fundraiser zombies. Yes. Fundraiser (laughs) hermits, kind of. like We we kind of huddle down here at the KLRC studios. We all have very long beards right now. Exactly. (laughs) So we've been gone for a couple of weeks and it's kind of funny when we were doing that, you know, you, you don't really pay a lot of attention to what's happening yeah. uh, in culture at large. At least for me, I feel super insulated because I'm yeah. just so focused on what's going on. I'm going to bed early. Mm-hmm. I'm waking up early. I'm not reading the news or anything like that. Yeah. Turns out a whole lot of stuff was going on yes. over the last couple of weeks while we've been gone. Yeah, a whole lot of stuff. This uh, Harvey Weinstein scandal really broke open along with the social media movement, Me Too. And we just feel like this stuff is too important not to talk about. So we know that it's sensitive, but you know what? We're just going to go ahead and dive into it. Really excited to talk about all of that. Yeah. Want to get started on a little more light note, though. Let's talk about what we're into this week. Woo-hoo. Let's hear it. For me, it's been spooky movies, <laughs> YouTube videos, <laughs> and generally all things kind of like a little bit creepy this time of the year. Okay, you're getting into the Halloween you mood. Are. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I've been like trying to watch all of these scary movies on Netflix and Hulu. That's and, intense. You, know, you get into that stuff, huh? I do. I don't, I don't know why. It's always been something that I just kind of like that little feeling of, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Oh, <laughs> and I yeah, don't. That doesn't sound like I fun. So don't, I don't understand that. Really? Yeah. Like I just it doesn't yeah. make sense to oh, me. Like, man. what joy do you derive out of purposefully <laughs> horrifying yourself? I really don't know. I like the feeling just of like, oh man, what's gonna happen? I'm the type of person where you know those YouTube playlists where it's like top ten creepiest broadcasts ever aired. <laughs> that is so my jam. Like, what? I'll go through oh, hours of those. Funny. Yeah. So it sounds like Kara and I are not with you on. Oh this no, one. no, no. I stay far away from. I can't even watch like a scary preview of like a scary movie. I'm oh, like, seriously? no, quick, turn it off, turn it off, go away. That's it's too much for. Me. I just don't derive much enjoyment from no. terrifying myself. Like <laughs> uh-uh. I just, and it's never really made sense to me. At some point, we're gonna have to dive into this more. <laughs> Let's go for this it. Phenomenon. Do like some yeah. sort of psychological analysis <laughs> of Isaac to Poor determine Isaac. <laughs> what is it about this that makes you happy? Because I don't understand. Yeah, I but don't get it either. <laughs> Sorry, I, Isaac. I am excited about the upcoming season in my own way, though. Yeah. What I'm into this week is the fact that I went and got all of my winter clothes out this week. <gasps> nice. Because, you know, my wife and I, we have kind of the summer stuff and the winter stuff. Yes. About this yep. time of year, it's kind of time to make the swap. Yes. And so we made the swap this week because it's starting to get cooler. It is. Starting to wear long sleeves, get out the sweaters, oh, that man. kind of stuff. I have always been a fall winter person more oh. than a spring summer person. Me Same. too. I love the weather getting 
getting colder. Yes. Uh, my wife is very different. She is already missing summer and she's like, where's the warmth what? gone? <laughs> you know, so she's kind of in mourning as oh, everything dies. Poor, poor I'm tree. celebrating like yeah. all of the trees dying and <laughs> everything getting dark and gloomy. Everything is just better when there's a crisp in the air. Yes. It is. It's oh. nicer. I don't I, know. I love it's it. true. And okay. I love being able to wear warm clothes. See, I like to kind of be cold and then wear a lot of yeah. like warm yes. clothing or yeah. have warm blankets and stuff yes. on top of that. My wife's like, we could avoid all of that and just start out with them warm. <laughs> no. And then you don't have to worry about all that. I prefer to be wrapped up tight and snuggled up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing, too. There's something about fall and winter. It's just better mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. It's it's magical. Well, this week I am into slash also really sad about something, which is why I'm into this. I finished my beloved Parks and Rec. Oh, man. In fact, I sent Isaac a text the other night when I finished it because I was so emotional and (laughs) kind of distraught. And it was like right at the end of the fundraiser. So I was already tired and emotional. And we had had this big rah-rah team week. And then I finished Parks and Rec. And there's this big rah-rah team moment, which Anson hasn't finished. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not quite done yet. I'm not going to ruin it for you. But oh, my goodness. So emotional. So I love it so much. And I don't know what is ever going to fill the void again (laughs) in my life. I'm just I don't know that it's going to happen. It's kind of like losing a friend, right? (laughs) It really is. So I'm searching for a replacement, but I'm just searching for a new friend. I'm just really not sure there's another Ann Perkins of TV shows like Mm -hmm. Leslie's Ann Perkins, you know, but I don't know. I'm trying. So I've watched episodes of 30 Rock and Scrubs, lots of Scrubs. Okay. I'm thinking I'm leaning towards Scrubs being the one that temporarily takes its place. It's not going to replace it ever, but sort of I'm liking it. It's in that same vein. It feels about as quirky as Parks and Rec. It's kind of quirky, but it has those like awe moments as well. Which is, I'm all in for those. 30 Rock is mostly quirk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really a little good. bit different. I've noticed. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. I do love that show. Yes. But it's definitely not the same yeah. show. It's not the same as like feel. a Parks and Rec. Yeah. For sure. So for now it's Scrubs. We'll see if I move on to something else. But oh, I will miss you Parks and Rec. <laughs> And now it's time for a confession session. We mentioned at the start of this episode that we've been taking in the Harvey Weinstein scandal and all of that, and it led to some introspection on my part about the media that I consume, be it music or movies or video games, and I noticed that a lot of it, in some way or another, degrades women. I've also noticed that it's been way harder than I thought to quit that media because Mm. I'm someone who loves action movies and classic hip hop and Mm. new hip hop and contemporary like, you know, video games. And it's just hard for me to like look at the way things are being done and then stop it. Well, it's Mm. so pervasive. Yeah. Right. right? Like that's challenge number one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is how do you escape it? Because it's everywhere. Right. Yeah. It's hard to quit things that you love that you now realize Oh, this isn't good. This exists on a scale, though, right? Yeah. This it, It's not mm-hmm. necessarily just all media degrades women equally. Right. At what point do you say there are pieces of this media that are redemptive or that do have value in some way? Right. There are other mm-hmm. pieces that don't. Like, yeah. it, it would be nice if all of these decisions just existed in a vacuum, right? right? And you could say, this thing says this about women, that's not good, and we should stay away from it. Sure. But usually we're making these decisions 
in a much more complex environment than that. It's not as simple as just saying like, this one is good and that one is bad. There are some songs that are literally all about degrading women. Like that's all they're about. And at that point, it's probably relatively simple for us to say that should probably not be part of what I'm consuming. Right. But more often than that, I feel like there are things, say a video game or something Mm -hmm. where there's this great story and there's some redemptive qualities to it. But then there's also this piece to it over here that we go, that's not as good. How do I weigh these things against each other and come to a conclusion about whether or not to engage in this thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I even had a moment like this this week at Zumba after thinking through and reading all of this about the Harvey Weinstein scandal, where a lot of the music that we're dancing to, I just realized last night, I was like, man, this is some of this is really offensive. And but I I tune it out because Zumba is like super helpful for me and my mental capacity and my physical health and all the things. And it's very like camaraderie building with other women. And yet I'm struggling because I'm listening to this going, this feels icky. Yeah. (laughs) And Mm. what do I do with this? And how do I respond? When you learn a new word and then you start seeing that word everywhere and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's a thing. It's like when you wake up to something like this, you start seeing it more and more. Yeah. And then it becomes a nightmare to start paring down stuff that you've got to pare down because now you're aware of it. It's time now for the weekly review. And guys, I am super, super excited because there is a show on Netflix that is coming out with its second season next week. And that is Stranger Things. Yes! Ah, I love it. And I thought this might be a good time to kind of go back and review season one Ooh. of Stranger Things. My wife and I decided, you know what? If season two is coming out, we're going to watch this. Maybe we need to go back and watch season one first. So Such we're a good idea. acquainted yep. with everything that happened because it's been a while since we watched it. I imagine that probably most people who have any interest in the show have already seen it. Yeah. But yeah. it's possible that there are some holdouts, some people that haven't <laughs> viewed it yet. So I'm going to review this for you and I'm not going to share many spoilers about season one but I'll get to the conclusion right at the beginning. (laughs) I think Stranger Things season one was the best TV show that I watched in the last two years. Oh yeah. Whoa. It's a pretty strong statement. And it's not even close. It's clearly the best show that I've watched in the last couple of years. Here's a few reasons for that. Number one, I was a little bit skeptical of Stranger Things before Mm -hmm. I started watching it. We talked about this just earlier in the show. Traditionally not a huge fan of the horror genre. Sure. And some people have described Stranger Things as a horror show. Yeah. After watching it, I wouldn't put it in that category. For me, my definition of something that's in the horror genre is something that exists primarily to be gory for the sake of being gory or scary Um, for the sake of scary. Stranger things. I don't feel like that's the case at all. (laughs) There are elements that are scary. There is some violence. We should probably note at this point that stranger things is definitely not a show for kids. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, it's for mature audiences. (laughs) There is some language. There is some violence, but I feel like those are not gratuitous. No. Number two, I feel like stranger things is one of the first forays into a new type of multimedia. Mm. It's a TV show, but it's not a traditional TV show. Right. Mm -mm. I would kind of almost describe it as an eight hour long movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how it feels when you watch it. I love that. I love this new format that Netflix is kind of enabling where previously in TV shows, you had to create a show that existed on its own in like a 40 minute time slot or even a 20 minute time slot. Right. And every episode had to have its own arc because you were watching it in a vacuum by itself. And then you had to wait 
wait a week for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Netflix has this new format where basically you can release an entire season all at once. Right. So you aren't necessarily bound by this limitation mm-hmm. that you have to have this up and down story arc in every single or episode. even like edit points for commercial breaks or anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Have, like when it stops, that's for dramatic effects and it's intentional. Not exactly. Just- yeah. yeah it's and I love awesome. that. The other thing that I love about Stranger Things and this format is that you get to skip over some of the problems that traditional TV shows have with developing a story. Mm. Most TV shows, you get cleared for like one season. You hope that you get renewed for season two. Mm-hmm. You maybe get renewed for season two. And then that continues on every single season, right. off into infinity until everyone gets tired of the show. and <laughs> don't do it anymore. Right. Yes. Yeah. There are shows like The Mentalist that I watch or my wife is watching Supernatural right yes. now. Oh, These man. shows that drag on for seasons and seasons and seasons. First of all, you have to make them more about an episodic kind of format Mm -hmm. than an overall story. Basically, you're just creating a setting and characters that can repeat stories over and over and over again. And because of that, each episode feels like it could technically be the last. Right. Everything is wrapped up so neatly. Yes. There's no like arc. Then the creators of these stories realize, no, we do need some sort of arc to try to carry this between seasons or between episodes. But then... They have to finish that arc and then they have to come up with a new one. Yeah. Yes. And they have to come up with a new one. And then they <laughs> and like time, you cannot yeah. continue to raise the stakes infinitely forever. Yeah. Eventually it becomes absurd or you have to retcon certain things that happened mm, in the past and say true. that didn't happen. It's different now. Buffy the vampire slayer. <laughs> There you go. We're all looking are, at you. There are so many examples awesome. of this. Stranger Things does not strike me as a show that's going to do this. Yeah. They're basically saying up front, we've got three or four seasons max of this. Yeah. We know where the story's going. I was reading last night that one key element called the upside down in the show, they have a 30 page manual or document Whoa. that describes all of the rules and the physics of what the upside down is and why it is what that it is. That is super cool. That super excites me because <laughs> I was what, about to say, Anson is in like, love with. It's like about to explode. What that tells me is the directors actually care about all of this. Yes, yes. And they're like, we have a plan for all this. We're not just making it up on the fly. Exactly. Which is the number one thing I get annoyed about. I feel like you would have written that document on your own. He would have. Probably, yeah. If they hadn't done it, I would have done it for them. Don't you remember the rule book he wrote a couple of times ago about the fantasy football league and all the rules that go with it? So my real life boss level this week that I'm tackling is getting back into a workout routine because wow, the last like month, I don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. So number one, (laughs) our fundraiser happened. And before that I was sick for like two weeks or something. And when you're sick, you're like workout. Eh, I'm just trying to breathe. Thanks. So I've missed working out and yet getting back into the routine is slightly painful, but I did go to the gym right away on Monday this week. And then I went to Zumba last night and the gym was good. I did forget my water. So I thought I was dying like in the middle. I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And, and I made it through and it did feel better afterwards. Last night at Zumba, I was a little bit pathetic. I don't even know if anybody else around me was sweating and I was like dripping with sweat. I was like, it's okay. I'll be fine. So I made it through. I'm excited to be getting back into it, but man, it's tough. It's it's not easy when you've been away from it for a few weeks. I feel like the worst part about getting back into a routine like that is you feel like you've made so much progress. Yes. And then when you start back, you just see how little progress you have now. Like you're just kind of knocked back. I feel like I'm starting over now. It's so momentum based. Exercising is is. like once you get the ball rolling, you're like, this is great. I'm doing so good. 
that. I love exercising. Yes. But then missing just a couple times, you kind of fall off the wagon just for like a couple weeks or something. Exactly. Getting back on is really, really hard. It really is. Yeah. So. And you're probably better than this than I am. But <laughs> I'm either like in the gym or eating healthy. Yeah. Or it's nothing but like naps and chocolate cake. Yes. Like there's no, there's no in between. Yeah, what no is that? Yeah. After the fundraiser last week and all of the stuff that we ate, there's no such thing as healthy food that right. week. And I was feeling it by the end of the week. My my whole system was like, uh-uh, no, you didn't. Like, you go eat a salad right now because <laughs> you're so, I'm not happy with you. So yeah. I'm I'm glad in a way that my body has got to a place where it tells me that I'm able to say, I actually want to go do these things. But yeah. Actually, then implementing all those things and getting back into the <laughs> routine is it's, it's challenging. Yeah, that is a cool thing, though, that you've gotten to that point where yeah. you start to notice when you're missing it. Right. right? And yeah. That's like the real danger of when you're into all the junk food and you're right. not taking care of yourself is when you don't even really see that. And you're yes. like, oh, I'm yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. But like once you start exercising and you know what feeling good feels like. Yes. Right? And then you start to miss that. Although it doesn't necessarily <laughs> make it any easier to get up early or actually yeah. go do the exercise. Yeah. But knowing that you're missing it, I do feel like is a good first step. It is. Yeah. That feels like progress to me. The big idea, a little bit heavier this time in light of recent events, the Harvey Weinstein scandal that broke a couple of weeks ago. I was actually not very aware of this because of what's been going on at work lately. And when I came up for air, I started reading some of these stories about the allegations of sexual harassment that have been leveled against Harvey Weinstein from actresses that he's worked with and all kinds of people. And it just kind of escalated and escalated and it turned into a bigger conversation and a social media movement called Me Too. Women have been posting on social media this hashtag Me Too including stories of sexual harassment, sexism, assault, all kinds of things like that. And it's turned into a really, really big deal. Once I became aware of it, I realized, oh my goodness, a lot of my friends are posting this. Just scrolling through my Facebook feed, I saw a ton of people talking about this. And so it felt like something that is worth talking about. I definitely think the Harvey Weinstein thing, if there is a silver lining to that, and obviously I'm not trying to gloss over at all, all of the horrible things that he perpetrated on a number of people over a number of years. It's that the situation clearly launched a renewed interest in this discussion and awareness and awareness. I mean, certainly the, this me too campaign Mm -hmm. uh, that's been going around on social media. I think that's been a takeaway from most anyone that I've talked to about it is how many people have posted that. Yeah. And certainly it's brought a lot of attention to the pervasive nature of sexual harassment and assault and how many women in particular are dealing with this. Yeah, it's huge. And I think one of the things that I've noticed I've read a lot of articles about it this week, a lot of personal friends' testimonies as I've wrestled with it and struggled with, do I post me too? Like I've actually wrestled with this in my brain because I don't normally participate in social media, these kind of campaigns, you know, but this feels different to me. And one of the things that one of my friends posted that summed this up most helpfully for me was somebody said, I felt relatively lucky that the stuff that happened to me wasn't that bad or felt minor compared to what others go through. But at the same time, I wonder 
if part of the power of this Me Too movement is that it's reminding us even the minor things are part of one long continuum of overstep boundaries. Wow. So this more casual harassment is just a foot in the door that enables the most extreme forms of assault and abuse. I think that's one of the things I've been aware of is that so many women get used to this, myself included, and just assume this is just part of being a female, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't even know always what sexual harassment is or when it's happening. We've gotten so used to it, which is really sad. I was actually reading a statistic that said 16% of women don't even know when they're experiencing this. Wow. And then 72% of them don't report it. So starting with, okay, what is this that's happening? Uh, What is sexism, sexual harassment and assault? I think that's a really good question because obviously what you're saying there from that statistic is number one, women don't always know when they're experiencing it even. Right. And I think on the flip side, and this is not to make an excuse uh, for Mm -hmm. men, but obviously there are some men who are perpetrating it who don't realize it as well. Right. Right. And so hopefully that's something that will come out of the awareness uh, that's being generated by this discussion is helping us understand what constitutes Mm -hmm. these things. So maybe let's start with just sexism in general, which I feel like is kind of just the the broader term that kind of encompasses all of that. This can be as innocuous as really off the cuff remarks in the workplace or with family members. I mean, this is something that that occurs constantly. Yeah, this is something that as I started to think about it, I just started to realize how often this is a part of my normal life. And I don't even realize it. The little comments that people make, I will say, I think the environment that I get to work in professionally is amazing. And I work with amazing people who are so respectful and I am so grateful for that. I still run into this with people outside of my work who comment or who interact with me in some way, whether I'm describing what I do or I'm at a conference or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, I run into these subtle ideas and comments that are surprising to me still that I'm like, really? That's, that's how you view me, not as a person or as a colleague, but as primarily and first a woman. Just as an example from my experience, Kara and I do a show called The Drive Home for KLRC. And there have been times where we receive comments from various people about the show that Mm -hmm. we're doing. And the comments that I receive versus the comments that you receive are sometimes different. There are some things that both of us hear Things like your guys' show is funny. Yes. You guys are entertaining. Lots of positive stuff that's very encouraging. Sometimes nested in some of those compliments (laughs) is included phrases like, and Kara is such a beautiful young lady. Right? Right. Yeah. And... (laughs) Okay, like (laughs) no one's telling you you're a handsome young man, though. Exactly. That's the point. Now, there may be other reasons for that. Okay, (laughs) maybe I'm not a handsome young man. Yes. But we have to pull the veil from over our eyes and look at this objectively and say there's got to be some sort of reason why we feel compelled as a society to compliment a young woman Mm -hmm. on her looks when that doesn't even occur to us to do with a young man. Mm -hmm. What's the difference there? I experience it a lot as a single woman, especially there's kind of this weird vibe that happens sometimes where 
when you go to college, for example, as a single woman, people will say to you things like, oh, you're going to get your MRS degree, huh? You're going to get your Mrs. degree in college. That's what everybody mm. assumes women go to college for. Not everybody, but a lot of people I heard this from. But nobody says to a guy like, are you going to get your MR degree? Right. You know? A lot of times men, I think in particular, make comments about women that we perceive to be protecting right. or helpful mm. when in actuality they're not. Like mm. one of the phrases that I hear all the time when people are talking about this issue is they talk about women and say, well, that's somebody's daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Positive intent is what's happening there. Yes. People are trying to say, I have a daughter. Yeah. I value my daughter. And so that helps me understand that we should value women. But the way some people might take that is, OK, you value women because of their relationship to, to you. Them, right. Not yeah. that she has an innate value herself. Right. And so instead of saying we should care about this woman because she's somebody's daughter. What about just we should care about this woman because she is a person on yeah. her own, Huge. regardless yeah. of who she's related to. And that's just evidence of how pervasive it is, because yeah. even in compliments, we're yeah. not aware of how it's maybe dehumanizing a little bit. And exactly. it's, you know, oh, this yeah. is with the best of intentions, but yeah. it's still a problem. And yeah. I, again, it's just a testament to how deep it runs. Yeah. I certainly didn't understand the pervasiveness of sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Me Too has really helped to define that for me. Mm -hmm. I think I was aware of sexism yes. and these statements that get made and sometimes uncomfortable situations. I don't know, Kara, if you have a good yeah. definition of what you would say, this is the difference there and this is what sexual harassment is in particular. Yeah, this isn't like an official definition, but to me, sexism in general is kind of this big, broad picture assumptions that we're making about all women. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a woman, so right. talking to a specific person from the big picture things that we've assumed, right. if that makes sense. But sexual harassment, I feel like is much more personal. It's much more specific. For me, it's like when something makes me extremely uncomfortable, not because, well, that was awkward, but no, actually that was inappropriate. One thing that uh, got my attention on this is I was bringing this subject up to my wife and she said, oh yeah, let me tell you about something that happened just last week. Oh gosh. And I was like, okay, I, she hadn't told me this story yet. She said she was driving down the road right here in Northwest Arkansas on highway 412, uh -huh. And she was passing another vehicle in her van. She had the girls, our daughters in the back seat. And she said, as she was passing this other vehicle, the other vehicle kind of sped up and stayed beside her for a second. Well, this happens sometimes when you're driving. Right. My wife and I, we called them sticky vehicles. Like you tried <laughs> to pass them and yeah. they kind of speed up yeah. like yeah. subconsciously and stay with you. So yeah. that's kind of what she assumed was happening. Then she happened to glance over at the other vehicle and a man was driving this vehicle and was just kind of staring at her, which she said she thought was kind of weird because she was like, he probably should be watching the where road. he's driving, yeah, not think? looking at her. Yeah. And then she noticed that he was kind of making faces at her and kind of raising his eyebrows at her mm. and in a way that was very quickly making her feel pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so she keeps driving and there's another car coming up in the right lane. So she kind of was able to pass the guy because she was going around another car but once she got around the other car the guy went around and sped back up and caught back up to her again and she was starting to try to figure out okay what should i do about this I, i'm driving to a specific location it's coming up soon i don't want to pull into a parking lot where he knows where i'm gonna be yeah would it be better for me to drive straight to the police station she ended up being able to slow down enough that he kind of went on ahead and they got enough separation that she felt safe to continue on to uh, her destination wow. the whole point and the reason i tell this story which i asked my wife if it was okay to share by mm -hmm. the way and she said yes is I had no idea that this was happening. Yeah. Right? And a situation like this has literally in my entire life never happened to yeah. me. 
Wow. And now that's, yeah. Cause to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally see that happening in my head. I mean, I don't know that that specific instance has happened to me, but I'm like, oh yeah. I have never been driving down the road and looked over and there was some woman making me feel uncomfortable with the way she was looking at me. Like nothing like that has ever happened to me. And it's not even something that would occur to me could happen. By the way, we we should put in a disclaimer here and say that while men do tend to be the primary perpetrators of sexual harassment, women are obviously capable of being perpetrators as well. Men can be victims. That does happen. But statistically, men are often the perpetrators. Women are often the victims. Right. And we're seeing that kind of in our reactions to the story, right? Like right. We're yeah. sitting here, you and I are going, how what? in the world does that yeah. happen? And yeah. Kara's going, and Kara's going, I yeah. could see that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like and you, but yeah, that's kind of almost all the evidence you need that this is something that's right. real. Exactly. I mean, the fear that she experienced, all the things that went through her mind, you know, I was in the gym one night and it was in kind of like a back corner of the gym and it was really quiet and there was like nobody else in there. And this guy came in. I don't even know that he did anything weird, but he was in there and I was suddenly super uncomfortable, super self-aware and nervous. I was like, okay, who is that? What's he doing? Is he getting close? What's going on? I was like watching him in the mirrors and the That's side unreal. because I was nervous. So about, it's not even necessarily that someone has to not always do something no. to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Just to be clear, like we're not saying that yeah, sexual no, harassment no, no, at no, all, no, 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 no. but just that that's evidence that you're living yeah. a different reality sure. than, than right. Isaac and I are. Yeah, yeah, like that's a part of my thought process. Well, and I think being yeah. raised as a woman versus being raised as a man, like yeah. when I was brought up, I was told to be home before nine. <laughs> there was no like, and yeah. watch out for these people because they oh, could kidnap you. Oh no. You. Yeah. You want to hear the story? Yeah. I love you, mom. Mom has always looked out for protecting me, but the story that I hear it still, every time I get in my car is, are your doors locked? Did you yeah. look in your back like, seat I, before you got in your car? Are your keys in your hand, like on your way oh to your car? Gosh. Are you aware of your surroundings when you're walking? It's this constant awareness. I think for some of us men, especially since we haven't really experienced a lot of this, we could hear some of those things and go, okay. You're just being that's a little bit of an overreaction, (laughs) right? You know, you're being paranoid here. But the thing is, these stories like my wife's, Mm -hmm. this isn't just something that's imagined. No. Or I think when we're talking about sexual harassment, the thing that comes to my mind that's been in the news for a while now Mm -hmm. is this whole catcalling thing. I've heard multiple stories from multiple women right here in our area. that This is something that they've experienced and not just on like a one off occasion either. No, no. Like walking down the street, people yelling things out their car window at you like that's a common thing that happens here what in Northwest Arkansas. In <laughs> that, yeah. This is all just hitting me yeah. now. <laughs> and I'm like, I have walked the yeah. world for 24 years invincible. I have not mm. checked doors. I don't worry about anything. And yeah. to hear someone else's reality sitting next to me is yeah. I should keep an eye on that guy behind me in the gym. Yeah. I think it would be possible when we kind of think about the Harvey Weinstein story, the fact that that's kind of what started this conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. One conclusion we could draw from that as well. Hollywood is a messed up place. Yes. Right. right. And, and it is. that's true. <laughs> right. That, that's not false. True. Uh, and the story shows that basically yeah, no. what we're saying from this conversation, we're saying this isn't just a Hollywood problem. It's an everybody problem. Right. Yeah, like this is, a, this is a cultural issue. This is something that affects all women yeah. everywhere. Unless you think, okay, this is all just anecdotal and there's one woman here talking about, oh, yeah, like somebody said something mean to me. Maybe you're thinking that. I think this is a bigger problem than just a few anecdotal things that if we go back and look at the people who shaped our culture, 
as thinkers. So we're talking like philosophy now, like Plato and Aristotle. And I don't spend a lot of time reading these guys, but I read a book recently by Caitlin Beatty that opened my eyes to a few things that uh, from our history that have shaped the way that we see women. So both Plato and Aristotle, some of the foundational thinkers of the Western world, believed that the ideal human is male and that women are fallen or deformed males. So in their creation story, they imagined a world in which all humans were male. Men use their intellect to conquer their passions or their emotions and sensations. They would be blessed in the life after death. Men who failed to overcome their passions would be reincarnated as women. So we've actually inherited this view that the default human is male. For example, when men do things, a human explanation is given. But when women do things, a female explanation is given. Mm. I think when we talk about people in various professions, like say a a doctor or something, Mm, right? We might say, I'm going to go see the doctor. In my mind, a lot of times a doctor ends up Mm. being a male person until it's specified that we're talking about a female doctor, right? But we don't really need to specify, I'm going to go see a male doctor. We say, I'm going to go see a female doctor because the female one is not the default. When people show me bands, they're like, yeah, this is a great band. They've got a female singer. Like no one has shown me a band going, you got to check this band out. They got a guy singer. He crushes it. (laughs) That never happens. Or a a female drummer, right? (laughs) Right, Or like, like, that's a big deal. Or a female guitar player. Another interesting fact that I found as I was doing some research, again, from Caitlin Beatty's book was an estimated 70% of filmmakers, directors, writers, producers, and cinematographers are men. 70%. But directors, more like 95%. So think about the stories that shape our perspective and our culture and have for years. 95% of all the movies you see are created through a male lens. So the vast majority of that media we're consuming is shaping our souls And men are cool. Like, I like men. I have lots of male friends. And this is not about hating on men. It's not just about gender equity as a modern ideal to check off of a political correctness list. It matters because stories matter. Stories literally change people's lives. And when our stories only reflect the experiences and views of one segment of the population, as Caitlin Beatty says, we're missing a profound part of the human story. That's crazy good. I think that as someone who loves movies and stuff, I'm thinking back to every heroic story I've watched. Mm. And it's always been this guy whose wife is either an extremely supportive person or she's dead. And that's his (laughs) arc to like go out on his adventure. That's a good point. So one of the things that struck me in our conversation so far is that Isaac and I are kind of sitting here going like, whoa, (laughs) yeah, this is more pervasive and a bigger thing maybe than we realized. And maybe a good place to start is saying, all right, we clearly don't have a great sense for what the Mm. women in our lives have been dealing with for a long, long time. And we need to understand that better. So let's start with asking some questions, Mm. right? Yeah. So let's go there. Kara, (laughs) what are some of the challenges specifically that you have faced in dealing with sexism and sexual harassment? What are some of the things that you would say as a woman, this is what I need men in my life to know? Just asking the question is a great place to start because it lets me know, hey, you're actually ready to listen. The fact that you're asking means you want to hear and you see me as another human being. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. One of the things I read this week that really has been sitting with me, haven't quite been able to let go of is from the article in The New Yorker. I believe it was the article where this stuff came out about uh, Weinstein from uh, Gia Tolentino. And she said, one of the cruelest things about these acts is the way that they entangle and attempt to contaminate all of the best things about you. Mm. So if you're sweet and friendly, you'll think that it's your fault for accommodating the situation. If you're tough, well, you might as well decide that it's no big deal. 
If you're a gentle person, then, oh, he knew you were weak. If you're talented, he thought of you as an equal. If you're ambitious, then you wanted it. If you're savvy, you knew it was coming. If you're affectionate, you seemed like you were asking for it all along. If you're smart, there's got to be some way to rationalize it. That's a quote from Gia Tolentino. This is exactly what it feels like and why it is so overwhelming and devastating to experience this, but also to try to talk about it Yeah, because there's all of these assumptions that go with being a woman, honestly. So there's these like underlying assumptions from sexism that make sexual abuse that much harder and end up re-victimizing the victim. You come at me with all your assumptions of me as a woman of you're overly sensitive, you're overreacting. It's not that big a deal. And suddenly my truth isn't true. Suddenly the things that I'm saying, I'm doubting and I'm saying, Mm. Oh, maybe it really isn't a big deal. And then I come to accept those things more and more. I think that what's so crazy and honestly just tragic about it is that when someone brings a story like this to light, Mm -hmm. everyone who's listening, it's universally agreed that it's a terrible thing. Yes. And because of that, I feel like there's this element of, we don't want to believe that that happened Mm. because it's so bad. Like we love you. So if we hear that our gut is going, Oh, well, what if it's, what if this wasn't as bad? Like we try to reason our way out of it because we don't want to sit and deal with you on that because Mm. you know, it's scary and bad and gross and terrible to talk about. But I think that as listeners, it's our duty to go, Mm. okay, yes, you would not be bringing this to me if you hadn't felt like this is important. So I think as people listening to that, and listening to anyone disclosing a situation like that, mm. listening and just letting them work through that is so important. One thing that I hear you saying, Kara, that really strikes me is that when we don't do that, Isaac, when we don't listen well and when we kind of try to offer excuses or, or explain mm. away things, it's not only communicating to that woman that we don't believe them, but it's also communicating to them. You shouldn't believe you. Right. Yeah. Right? Like it's not, totally. it's not just, okay, no one's listening to me. It's that, well, maybe I was wrong in the first place. Totally. Like, and it becomes this toxic voice in your head. That's always there that every time you uh, experience some sort of harassment or sexism, you just, you don't know. You're like, I'm well, maybe it wasn't that big a deal. Maybe I'm just being a whiner. Maybe I'm just being too sensitive. And the only way that that really goes away in my experience is when you bring it out into community and people empathize with you and say, no, that's a real thing and it's not okay. So let me bring this up because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of good hearted guys would hear this and say, okay, so I get what you're saying. Something happened Mm -hmm. and I want to believe you. I want to listen to you. I want to advocate for you. I want to be on your side Mm -hmm. on this. But why didn't you just tell somebody? I think that's something that gets brought up a lot. And I feel like that's something probably, again, as guys who don't experience this on a day to day basis, maybe we don't fully understand. Yeah. And I I don't know that I have fully understood, even as a woman, the consequences that most women experience Mm. when they do just tell someone. So we've seen from the Weinstein scandal that most of these people are saying he had the power to everything in my world. Mm. Like. I was going to lose everything if I said something. And a statistic I read from an article this week pointed out that for a lot of women, reporting sexual harassment comes at a very high cost. 75% of women who report instances of sexual harassment at work are retaliated against for doing so by job termination, demotions, or increases of hostility. Mm. 75%. So that's not imagined. Like that's very, very real. That's a thing. And so a lot of women are weighing the risk. Is this worth it? The point is the stakes are pretty high. And if we're going to get through this and we're going to make progress, we're going to need some help. It's going to have to be more than just 
women addressing this, I think. Well, I think that's a really, really key issue here because that's one of the things that that I read as I was uh, doing some research for recording this podcast. I was reading some stories from a woman uh, in Iceland who Mm -hmm. has been a victim of sexual harassment and sexual assault. One of the things she said is we have to stop treating this issue like a woman's issue. Yeah. And she said, whenever I talk about this, I'm almost always talking to an audience full of women. And obviously it is a women's issue in the sense that it primarily affects affects women. But I think what she means is if the overwhelming majority of perpetrators of Mm -hmm. sexual harassment and abuse and sexism are men, then this is a man's problem. And men need (laughs) to be involved in figuring out the solution, right? Yeah. So that being said, if you're a guy listening to this, like I was sitting there watching the Me Too hashtags roll in and you're just absolutely shocked you had no idea this was this pervasive Ann Peterson was a writer from one of these articles that Kara shared with me and she has this great quote that says it's men's privilege to not have to know all I was thinking of reading all of these hashtags and like reading these stories was okay what can I do now because I've listened to problems happen and I immediately want to go and fix them like (laughs) I try to I try to fix things yes that's what guys and one of the warnings actually is basically some of these authors have said You need to listen and not try to fix this problem. This person is coming to you because you are a trusted person. And honestly, like I'll confess to this. I've listened to someone disclose some horribly inappropriate behavior that was perpetrated by a mutual friend of ours. And then she spent way too much time calming me down, trying Mm -hmm. to tell me, no, you can't just go get this person. Mm -hmm. And I regret that. It's so important to listen, not react comfort instead of lecture or interrogate and basically stop making excuses for other men. I was reading an article from someone as well talking about what does it look like for men to help. There were a couple suggestions on there that uh, I found uh, really helpful to me personally. One of them is practice the phrase, that's not cool. That's not a cool thing to say. I like that. And say this to other men who are saying disrespectful things to or about women. So if you're in Mm -hmm. an environment or a situation where these things are happening, obviously we want women to feel empowered to be able to make these statements. But as men, I think we bear a lot of responsibility to police each other and to say, hey, you may not recognize that what you're doing is not cool. But it's not cool. But it's not. And you need to know that. Kind of a flip side way of doing the same thing. Boost what you hear women saying, particularly in the workplace. Mm. So if you feel like men sometimes are dismissing women's contributions Mm. at work, one thing that we can do is making a habit of listening and saying things like, hey, she has a point, right? Or we need to listen to this. Or I think what she's saying is valid. Kind of the opposite of the negative. Hey, that's not cool. We need to stop that. Doing it from a positive perspective perspective as well and saying, hey, what this woman is saying is very much a valuable contribution to what we're discussing here. Mm -hmm. Or I think we need to make sure that we're taking it seriously. I think advocating for that is is something that's really important as well. So one of the things that occurs to me as we're talking is if you're a man and you're feeling kind of beat down right now, (laughs) I don't like, first of all, this is not about us coming after you. It's just about, hey, this is something you may not be aware of. And this is something that is just good to know. And we would appreciate your support in this issue. But I want to make sure as a woman that you hear from me, I have experienced the opposite side of this in a good way of, of men coming behind and supporting me in some mm-hmm. of these issues. So even with my friend Anson here, we worked together on a show and about uh, not too long ago um, in the last couple of years, a situation came up where I was feeling really unheard. I was feeling overwhelmed in a situation and Anson listened and said these words to me that were very, very important. He said, I am going to advocate for you 
and this situation because I was in this place of struggling with already with the self-doubt of, is this a real thing? Am I making this up? Am I being too sensitive? And he listened and said, you know, if that situation came up for me as a man, I wouldn't have any of those thoughts, but you're having to struggle with that. And I'm sorry. And so I'm going to advocate for you in this situation. And that was an amazing example to me of, okay, somebody believes me and he believed me enough to back me up. Mm. And I feel like that is a huge example of how this can be turned on its head. So I want you to hear that not all the stories that are coming out of this, not all the stories in my life are of the me too, like negative variety. Let's start another me too movement of, Hey, one of my guy friends, he, he had my back. Uh, he backed me up in this one and treated me as a human being Hmm. and respected the image of God in me. Being viewed as an image bearer of God, regardless of your gender, I think Mm -hmm. is so important because this makes it a church issue as well. The church is made up of people exposed to all of these things, be it media or language that has sexist overtones. And we go into church carrying all of that with us. And I think that it's so important for all of us as believers and members of a church body to recognize this is an issue that we have to tackle as well inside and outside the church. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, because number one, the church is complicit in these issues. Like we're not immune to this. And I think that's the first step is we have to recognize that Mm -hmm. we have a role that we have played in perpetuating gender stereotypes and sexism and harassment and all of these things. There are so many stories of all of these things happening inside of churches and they're heartbreaking when we hear those things, Mm. but we have to face those things. We have to own up to them and Mm -hmm. recognize that we're part of the problem if we hope to be part of the solution. Right. But that's the thing is we so can be part of the solution. Exactly. Right. Right. Like we should be part of the solution because we have hope in Jesus. We have something to offer to the culture that the culture doesn't have our very worldview, God creating men and women, women in his image is such a beautiful picture of how we ought to be treating this gender issue. I mean, obviously women have incredible innate value. They're created by God. They play such an important role in God's story. That's something that we can bring to the rest of the culture. Instead, we're viewed as being part of the problem and, and not part of the solution. And it's heartbreaking. And one of the coolest things I think about Jesus is that he was a perfect example of this. He interacted with women in ways that were scandalous to his peers in the day. Mm -hmm. He brought this to a whole new level. And if you read scripture, you see that all over the place, the way that he brought dignity to women and listened to them and brought them into his circles, his inner circles, even it's incredible. We have a good place to start from. We have a good foundation. We just have to bring what God has given us and and say, hey, we're we're in this with you. We're gonna have your back. All right, guys, we did it. (laughs) Congratulations. The music that we've been listening to this week, mine, Messiah by Beautiful Eulogy. So I'm a sucker for conscious rap and really rap in general, but when it has kind of an element of introspection, this is going to be everything that I default to. Like if we add something to Real FM that has kind of like a conscious rap vibe to it and wrestling with issues, I'm like, that's that's my jam. That's all of that. <laughs> yeah. Break the replay button all week long. Yes. Um, the chorus to this song is, I can't always rely on my desires. 
but I treat them like the Messiah. So basically uplifting something that Mm. is just sort of the base nature that you have, your desires being viewed as like your Messiah in your life. Mm. I so get that, especially like at the start of this podcast, I'm talking about how I've been, you know, binge watching 80s horror movies. And then I'm also saying, (laughs) man, I got to be careful about the media that objectifies women. It's just like this duality that I'm wrestling with. And this song totally wrestles with that with me. And I love it for that. I think that is one of the core problems that we struggle with in our culture, myself totally included in that. One of the lyrics that I hear in so many pop songs today is if it feels good, then it's right. Or some variation of (laughs) that. And that's how we judge what good things are. Mm -hmm. And this song is so countercultural in that regard. Basically what it's saying is just because something feels good or just because you desire something doesn't mean that it's good for you or that it's right. And that's kind of a hard thing to wrestle with in a world that's telling us the exact opposite all of the time. My on repeat for this week is Got the Love by Brandon Heath and Torin Wells. This is a fun song. (laughs) That's what I think. I heard this song for the first time and I saw the artist name attached to it. And don't get me wrong, I don't dislike Brandon Heath, but he's... (laughs) He doesn't necessarily fit into like my favorite genres personally. Sure. Yes. And yet I listened to the song and I was like, wait, this is Brandon Heath. Ah, yes. <laughs> because it just did not sound like a Brandon <laughs> Heath song to me. And it was really cool that I was like listening to the song going, okay, he's trying something a little bit different here. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. It's That's just, awesome. uh, it kind of reminds me of the citizen way song. Yes. The bulletproof, bulletproof song yep. from uh, a couple months ago. Just yeah. very fun, very upbeat, uh, very poppy. And um, just one of those songs that you almost can't help but start dancing to. Exactly. I often test some of these songs songs that we add to real <laughs> FM on my wife at home. Yes. And so I played the song for her. And by the time we got to the chorus, she was already dancing in the oh. kitchen. Yeah. And it's just one of those songs where like, I challenge time. you to turn this song up really loud at yes, home yes. and yeah. not dance to it. It's impossible. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's pretty difficult. Yeah, totally. It's a great song. So my on repeat this week is blind by built by Titan. So truthfully, the entire album that this song is from has been on repeat for me this week. Uh, It's called Alpha by Built by Titan. And it's because, as I mentioned earlier in the show, trying to get back into the workout routine. (laughs) And this has become my workout album. Mm. So literally when I hear the song Blind, if I'm not at the gym, I'm thinking like, oh, I should be on the like (laughs) right now. I should be going to town because it's so motivating to me. So I plugged the earbuds back in when I got back to the gym this week. And it was really good because I was totally totally in the zone, totally motivated. It starts with blind. That's the very first song on the album and it's super high energy Mm. and great musically great. It's just this really, really good music, but the energy stays high enough that I can keep pumping through like a 30 minute workout pretty much the entire time. So I'm really enjoying that album this week. And specifically the first song on the album is it gets me in zone to work out. Okay, well, that is our show for this week. As Isaac said a few minutes ago, 
<laughs> we made it through that one. Yes. I'm kind of tired. I feel like I need a nap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a nap after that discussion might be in order. And thank you for tuning in with us and joining the conversation. If you have any uh, feedback for us, you can always let us know. If it's hate mail, you can send that to Isaac yeah. at realfm. <laughs> no, I'm just right. kidding. I'm stoked. <laughs> Let's go. Just kidding. We'll see you for episode eight next time. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Wake up with Isaac from 7 to 10 a.m. and catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. Live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.